This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, EU suicide move, TMX goes for box 2.0, as DB1 cries, subsidise me. There's a terrific trio of results at the top of Young's Pyramid. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest, episode 232. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, The Unique Guide to the Bourse Business, sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Over in BitCarnage, one of the crypto Brave New World plays, Back, was brought to life, then spun off onto NICE by ICE, the Intercontinental Exchange Group, which has been consistently the best-run exchange business since the beginning of the century. However, now, crypto firm Backed warns it might not be able to remain in business, according to a Coindesk headline, unless it has an infusion of cash. This backed announcement contrasted with the news ICE itself had just produced its 18th year of record profits with a fabulous presentation by its crack management team. The chasm between, oops, we're out of cash backed, or is that unbacked, and the magnificently profitable ICE Leviathan only served to demonstrate the void between entrepreneurial dynamism and the blobby corporate structure which backed has become. Born in huge optimism with a magnificent CEO, later Senator Kelly Loeffler, I was convinced ICE had a magnificent opportunity, where exchanges are fabulously cheap to transact. Well, not crypto ones, of course. I mean legacy markets. But there's another curious tale we've discussed before and will doubtless address again. The simple truth is, moving money is expensive, clunky, horrible, risky and uncertain for all parties. Into the void, I thought backed could revolutionise the market. Instead, the whole thing seems to have become becammed and blobified. Backed management appears at best careerist and is certainly not entrepreneurial. The worry always remains the core of ice could turn that way, of course, but so far, looking good. The backed ethos seems to have gone from revolutionary workflow to just a lot of workflow in the bro culture where nothing much happens as the money burns. Now there's a big hole ahead and the money is running out due to, frankly, dismal strategy, dumb product and all-round failure. Presumably the backed management came from the Ivy League, like FTX. This I find fundamentally depressing for several reasons. For one thing, the whole idea of backed was to take crypto and build a way to move money between customers and merchants and make a win-win for everybody. It was demonstrating the benefits of crypto, improving business and making a better world. In other words, the antithesis of, say, Bitcoin ETFs, born of arbitrage for managers, and actually usurping the core of the blockchain to hopefully get mug punters to hold pixels alongside their QQQ spiders at all. In other words, Backed started as a positive vision for change and is now just another Z-grade distributed money-burning bourgeois salary machine doing me-too product and not even delivering what it seems. 
Let's face it, banking charges fees. See my book, Victory or Death, for instance, ranking in the exosphere for what can be a micropayment world. And when it comes to payment fees, charge credit card companies have a cushy oligopoly that hoovers somewhere insouciantly in the hundreds of basis points. ICE just announced spectacular profits and their exchanges charge a fraction of a basis point for every transaction. The door is open to revolutionise money flow from simply countless angles and a backer like I sought to have enabled it. But somehow the backed management post Kelly Loeffler looked more institutionalised than revolutionary. They have that aura of being the genre who moon at pictures in their cubicles of VPs at MasterCard in the hope of landing some vague fintech VP function as their next job. The simple truth is people who are devoted to the ICE machine don't think about another job outside the ICE empire. People at backed don't seem to have that hunger or dedication to deliver, let alone change the world one customer at a time. The sad decline of Bact is also a tale of the weird world of crypto where everybody is so revolutionary but they all behave so corporate and in between going anywhere to party all want to be seen at Davos. Decentralisation of corporate socialism anybody? Hashtag weird. Of course, one key reason why custody and trading services don't really do a lot for me is that crypto is still a den of iniquity, and that's not floating the boat of major institutions. In any case, either BACT needs a mega restructure or it's going to be RIP for another $150 million, which is only going to prolong the lifestyles of its blob, not change the world in any meaningful way without a management revolution. Meanwhile, in Bit Carnage, there's the shock, non-shock sting in the tail, with Manila being remarkably pragmatic and progressive. Their CBDC might just not use DLT. Philippines may introduce non-blockchain CBDC in the next two years, went the Coin Telegraph headline. And thus, I suspect a lot of pragmatism will see digital assets on ledgers, but not distributed ones, as time cost pressures weigh on developers. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. In the main world of exchanges, Brussels have agreed new rules to shift derivatives clearing from London. The EU has pressed the trigger mandating some CCP clearing of EU swaps within the EU27 landmass. Brussels fragments the market, raises the cost of capital for its own banks and does nothing to improve the already failing Eurozone. Just remember that key statistic, 2008 to 2023, US GDP plus 82%. EU27 GDP plus 6%. There are short-term gains for CCPs inside the protectionist bloc, but ultimately the reputation of the euro as a convertible currency is at risk and the banks within the ECB ESMA Brussels axis have just been placed at a disadvantage to their peers in free market economies. Meanwhile, in a greatest shuffle, ESMA has withdrawn the Dubai Clearinghouse DCCC from its list of approved CCPs. 
Speaking to these rules, DB1 was talking its own book with the sort of crass and elegance which I thought they had lost after the Werner Seifert years, but clearly not. Theodor Weimer is close to the end of his term in office, not that we ever encountered him, but his latest utterances look a bit too Bidenian for my comfort. He wants market-driven solutions, but sees no contradiction, cum outright hypocrisy, in calling for as many dubious protections to EU manipulations as possible to force Euro clearing away from the uh, market-driven solutions that prevail. The London Metals Exchange is facing legal action over the trading in dirty metals. This is a very worrying development in the UK as ECHO NGOs seek to use lawfare to impact open markets. The difficulty is that regardless of how horrible or not, we make no judgment. The mining activities may be this is a granular attempt to impose the sort of aggressive green moves which harm commerce and create more regulation which will ultimately drive trade away from the UK and other Western nations to those nations which, with much lower standards which will not achieve the outcome these green litigants seek. But it will make the UK materially poorer by harming the city and its ability to gradually improve standard the world over. My sympathies lie with LME in this case. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In results, it was a frantically busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily. The newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of the podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Three of the top six bourses in Young's pyramid of exchanges delivered cracking results this week. Plaudits to ICE, DB1 and CME. All the details of these and a half dozen other sets of results can be found in more detail in Exchange Invest, the daily bulletin of the bourse business. Just the one new market of note this week. TMX Group is planning an ATS for US equities, a leap in their expansion strategy. We have in the past pondered that Vetify acquisition, which was completed in January 2024. At the time of the acquisition in December last year, I remarked, Fascinating deal is the hand of Chairman Bertrand apparent, as TMX buys the 78% of Vetify it didn't own and makes a significant south of the border data pivot. Hashtag exciting times in Toronto. The hashtag is more relevant than ever this week as fresh from rolling up the remaining 78% of US-based Vetify, Chairman Luc Bertrand's hands have to be all over the southern-focused ATS move. After all, when he was the highly successful CEO of Montreal Exchange, he made what appeared to be a ludicrous move, creating Box, the Boston Options Exchange, still owned by TMX and a clutch of broker-dealers. In addition, by adding a cash equity ATS, there are synergies to Box, as well as a service to the clutch of Canadian megabanks, who TMX have successfully held as clients through cross-product discounting, bring in some US flow in the USA, and the ATS has huge optionality. Deals this week, one of note, Nasdaq private market closed $62.4 million in Series B financing. 
led by Nasdaq with new investments from BNP Paribas, DRW Venture Capital, UBS and Wells Fargo. Great news for NPM as it raises a healthy sum, albeit it amounts to another fairly eye-watering injection of cash into the platform. But then again, there's a huge pot of gold at the end of the private market's rainbow. If you want to understand better why there's a huge pot of gold at the end of the private market's rainbow, pick up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. That's published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. Tuesdays at 5 o'clock London time, midday New York time, it's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our most recent show was a gripping discussion all about the business of central counterparty clearing CCP Clearing in Europe with our guest Rafael Plata. Our next show is going to be Unlocking Namibian Growth with the CEO of the Namibian Stock Exchange, Tian Bazawin. In Finance Book of the Week this week, we have taken Where Are the Customers Yachts or A Good Hard Look at Wall Street by Fred Schwed Jr. Very funny, very poignant, really worth a read. Pick up the link if you can on our website exchangeinvest.com and that means we get ooh, a tiny fraction, a sliver of money from Amazon Associates, which would be welcome of course because we provide this podcast completely free of charge. Product news this week, NCDEX to have more commodities for trading by the end of the year, says MD Aaron Rast. They're planning to launch at least 15 more commodities, including daily household commodities like milk powder, eggs and timber for trading by year end. Meanwhile, in Japan, Nikkei are going to be developing new futures index series by July. In technology this week, MSCI are expanding their custom index offering with the acquisition of Foxbury and GPW's Watts test version has launched and is available to clients of the Warsaw Stock Exchange. Regulation risk highlights a big worry for all. Europe's new AI Act threatens supervisory chaos for banks and other financial businesses. In career paths, the Hong Kong Exchange's CEO, Nicholas Agazin, is going to leave his CEO role two months earlier than expected, with Bonnie Chan taking over from March the 1st. Farewell then, Nicholas Agazin, and all the very best for the future to you. All the very best, too, to Bonnie Chan stepping in at the end of February. We're excited, the right woman in the right place at the right time. Bring it on. Hong Kong exchanges are to be applauded for what is a best-in-class parish CEO transition. Gucho was admirably present and centre stage for the past few months and performed a magnificent job introducing the new CEO while showcasing the many advantages to HKEX, which will likely see the share price double during the course of the next four years. Good luck to one and all and plaudits again to Hong Kong exchanges for such a good transition where many other parish entities have not been remotely so smooth even where the opportunity to do so was there. Meanwhile, speaking of smooth transitions, well, it was a little bit bloody, I suppose, in places just ahead of the Lunar New Year, but Wu Qing 
a banking and regulatory veteran who earned a reputation as the broker butcher when he led a crackdown on traders in the mid-2000s is replacing Yi Huiman as chairman and party chief of the China Securities Regulatory Commission. As noted previously in Exchange Invest, there was clearly a full and frank blame storm for the Chinese stock market right, which is clearly linked to the macroeconomic position post-property bubble et al. And that, ladies and gentlemen, leaves us in big world. There's a mega meltdown looming as a post-QE world starts to hit overextended property developers and related holders, especially of offices. Stories of US blocks, especially in New York City, now being priced at 50% of the original value ascribed to their loans are commonplace. Almost 1.5 trillion of US commercial property loans need to be refunded by the end of next year at an average legacy rate of 3.97%, but starting in likely refunding rates nearer 7.5 percent. B-grade office blocks in New York and San Francisco are selling at 60 to 70 percent discounts to where they were. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this, the EI Weekly Podcast 232. Join us daily via exchangeinvest.com or if you have a new exchange you'd like built, get in touch. My name is Patrick L. Young and I wish you all a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.